Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Just three to go. What am I talking about? Three late lunches before we break on Friday for the Christmas and New Year holidays. Oh, it really is getting closer now. It is indeed. And... If you can only just imagine the studio here today. Oh, let me just take that in again. Wait, one more. Oh, it is beautiful. You know, today is the day I love every year because the studio is full of Christmas puddings. And thank you to everybody who sent us in puddings and samples of puds as well. They're all with me here in the studio. And today we crown our champion again this year. The best Christmas pudding in the Northeast for the 15th year on the show. Incredible, isn't it? And they're still arriving strong from all over the Northeast. And we love them. So our women with opinions today are Kira Burke, Carmel McCarthy and Colette Nugent. And they'll be tasting pudding here as well as reflecting on the year gone past. And uh, bringing us their Christmas memories too here on the show after two o'clock today. Anthony Murray. Murphy's also with us. Uh, you know, Anthony, well, from mythical Ireland. When is the solstice, actually? You know, I'm a little bit confused about this myself. Is it the 20th of December, the 21st or the 22nd? There's a lot of debate about this. Anthony's going to nail it once and for all. And he's, uh, I think he's caught a little shaft of light into Newgrange already earlier in the week. But we'll have Anthony with us after three in the show today. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you'd like to get in touch with me this Christmas Wednesday afternoon. We begin today with another of our Christmas calls abroad and we're going to Japan today because uh, a man who hails from the Dundalk area in County Loud is standing by. He's 15 years there. He's a Guinness record holder. I'm delighted to say happy Christmas and hello to Alan Fisher. Hi, Alan. Hello, hello. Merry Christmas now. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining me on the show. And again, I say to you, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted. You have the accent. You're holding the accent, bio after 15 years. I do, years. yeah. I try, to, I try to keep it on. Yeah, yeah. It just comes back <laughs> whenever I speak to anyone from home, for sure. Tell us about yourself. Where are you from originally in this neck of the woods? Um, yeah, well, originally from, uh, like, I'm having a mom. My parents still lived in St. Gerard Square down the quay there as well. Mm, so you have big local links to the northeast. 15 years, I said, what took you to Japan? 
Yeah, I came over for work back in 2008. Uh, planned to stay a couple of years just to get some experience. Sure. Then I met my wife, and sure, uh, we're living in the countryside selling stew now. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how it happens along, but that's that's the way it went. You know. Alan, Alan, hold on a minute there. Did you say you're selling stew in Japan to the locals? <laughs> I am indeed, yeah. I tell you, in the blistering heat in August, I wonder what on earth I'm at. Like, but uh, during the winter time, it definitely goes down well for sure. Like. I thought you'd be more of a sushi man at this stage, but there you go. This is the way life works. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you're bringing the Irish culinary experience to Japan. Now you are a restaurateur there. Uh, you were your stew house. Is it still open? You were talking about closing on the 17th of December. Well, yeah, it's a long story, Jays, to go into it. But, uh, yeah, so we're kind of scaling back with the pandemic. Like, um, there's always a silver lining as well, I guess. So, uh, yeah, it was a tough few years of the pandemic. We had two different restaurants, one in Tokyo and one in a, a place called Matsui in a, in a pla- in the province of uh, Shimane, where I'm based. But the reason I set up there was because uh, during the pandemic, we, we set up our online store and our frozen food business which kind of offers more potential in the long term. So, um, yeah, we're trying to scale back the restaurants now and focus more on the frozen on a frozen food business. But we'll still have one. We're, we're moving to a new location. We're buying a building and uh, hoping to do a lot of work on that and uh, have a central kitchen there, a manufacturing facility. So, yeah, we'll see see how it goes. Yeah, it's a big it's a big challenge for next year, and uh, ho- I'm hoping to open some stage maybe late March, just looking maybe early early April, and um, the restaurant will probably still open weekends and holidays days but during the week it'll just primarily be the frozen food business like good on you and i wish you well with sorry that sorry to bore you with that there like yeah, 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 yeah. it's 100 percent of my life these days that's all i'm talking yeah, about sorry you're not boring me at all we were trying to find out about you and, and what you're up to tell us a, a couple of things temperature weather wise at this time of the year what's it like there with you well, I was just—I was walking across the road. My wife's uh, mother's visiting us, and um, it's very cold. Like there's word for snow in the morning. Like so, uh, yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's definitely a lot cold. Well, it's—it's it's cold. It's cold. Yeah, tonight mm. is very cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, in terms of snow, yeah, in, in Tokyo we didn't get much snow, but here on on the on the west coast you would get a bit. Mm. It can be very heavy. Last January we were snowed out for a while. Like so, uh, it's it's a bit unpredictable the weather on the on the Japan Sea coast. Like. Mm. And and Christmas in Japan, what 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 happens? Is it celebrated? Is it marked at all? What? Yeah, I guess there's a few things I I, I kind of need to bring up about Christmas in Japan because I knew that they blew me away when I first came here in 2008. Uh, the first one be it's not it's not a real holiday, right? So it's but they do celebrate it, and uh, I think one of the biggest like uh, achievements for a, a company maybe worldwide is KFC they're synonymous with Christmas over here like the to whatever they've, whatever way they marketed it or whatever but like the millions of Japanese people will go to KFC on Christmas day <laughs> which is just wild like I was like what that doesn't make any sense it's not turkey or anything it's just fried chicken like and, uh, yeah and that's no word of a lie like KFC and Christmas are synonymous with each other here in Japan and then um uh, yeah, which is wild, right? And then uh, another one would be, I'd say, is it's it's more like a Valentine's Day. Like a lot of young couples would go out, especially Christmas Eve, go for dates and stuff like that. Like so, it's kind of like a cross between KFC on the big day and and a date on the twenty fourth. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. So it's not the same as home. I have to say, like it's not the same. It's funny you say that, Alan, because. 
the advertising campaign being run by KFC on television here at the moment actually says you won't find any turkey in our restaurant. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> watch out, watch out. They've taken them for Japan. They're coming for Ireland next. Yeah, <laughs> One thing I have to say, if you're getting the KFC, I hope they do it over there. You have to have the tub of gravy. You know the tub of gravy with the chicken? Would you believe, right, we do a Christmas course. Um, like, I'm actually flying to Tokyo. I haven't had a Christmas off since 2014, which is depressing. It just it's, uh, But there's a lot of foreigners. And uh, normally, 90% of our business is Japanese people. But right over Christmas, like, we we do, like, a, a Christmas course. Like, we we'd, uh, we'd, um, we'd bone roll the turkeys and stuff, stuffed turkeys. We'd sell them online. There at the, at the weekend, I was just explaining with an English customer who was in with his Japanese wife and their kids and some, some tables that were sitting beside them, how we used the word gravy to explain oh it's all good it's all gravy and uh, it's hard to actually explain what that means unless someone has gravy in front of them <laughs> so uh they were going oh we love the gravy we love the gravy and i was just saying yeah well you can use that as slang to say oh it's all gravy it's all gravy <laughs> like yeah yeah so just um yeah yeah that's you can't go wrong with that now. And is turkey ever a part of you know your uh, menu over there even for yourself personally on that well, no. Well, uh, this year uh, with the bird flu, actually, is a big. It's a big problem sourcing turkeys. Uh, mm. Traditionally, we get them in Costco. We order from Kawasaki or whatever. But so I contacted five different Costco's uh, in five different cities in Osaka, Nagoya, in Kawasaki, in Tokyo, and Hiroshima. And then, um, yeah, we got. We were able to get a bunch of them for uh, like a, a bunch. Was it? I think there's four. Two, no, two birds per case. And we got maybe ten or twelve cases or something, and what we did, we we got them shipped over to us in Shimane, and then we had to kind of let them defrost, and we had to to cut them all up, and then we'd roll them and stuff them, and then um we'd rapid freeze them, and then we'd vacuum pack them. When I when uh, the signal went there, I, I googled the distance between. Uh, Tokyo and Dublin is 9,600 kilometres so <laughs> there was a bit of a break up there wasn't <laughs> I, I think I think when we uh, started talking about KFC and Christmas something happened <laughs> from uh, competitors or we're something like that KFC, you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, us, maybe yeah. they were on to us look you were telling me there like that uh, it is KFC at Christmas Valentine's Day more like on Christmas Day as well what about New Year and New Year celebrations well, that's a big one. That's kind of like their their Christmas. That's the family. The family get together and um, they they generally don't leave the house for several days. And it's about uh, paying respect to the relatives that passed on. Um, especially if someone if a relative has passed on that year, then they don't even celebrate New Year's stuff. So that's their big family holiday each year is the New Year's holiday. Oh, you got it. Okay, so if there's a bereavement in the family, uh, there is no celebrations or it's muted. Is that what you're saying? That, exactly. Yeah, that's just so. My uh, my mother's grandmother now. She wouldn't be celebrating um, uh, New Year's now because her grandfather passed away earlier this year. So they yeah. just uh, yeah, they're big. They're big. They're big family. So they, they'll spend time. They'll visit his grave and they'll go to the church and pray. Stuff like that. There, but that is it's it's the family get together is is New Year's. Mm. Um. Thinking about you, you know, 15 years you're out there at, that, at this stage. You didn't intend staying there, but there you are. Life takes us in different directions, doesn't it? Uh, thinking back to yeah, when you lived that. lived back here, I've asked everybody this who's away. Do you miss anything in particular about the Christmas time being away in a different country and far away? I think I miss everything about it. I try not to think about it, to be honest. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, you know, pay the bills. <laughs> 
that's it they've got to be paid no matter where you are and whatever uh, part of, of the world you're in the Japanese people they're uh, renowned for their uh, courtesy and you know they're very respectful people you found that I take it since you've been there too oh, oh yeah yeah that is true that is true and to be honest um, I think uh, when I came here it, it's funny that Japanese, Japanese culture and the language is very different to to ourselves of course but I know when if you're reared in Ireland in the eighties or nineties, and the way I, way you're brought up, I remember my grandmother used to say like, "Give out to me if I let the door open." No, minding your p's and q's and stuff. So it's not that different in terms of politeness and stuff like that. There to Ireland, if you just kind of um, say say thank you and please and so on, then you kind of get on, get on with everyone. But yeah, you have to be careful about that in Japan. If you have to be mindful not to be rude for certain things and stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's good to hear that it is uh, as the impression we have of, of the place and the people as well. I'd, I'd say more so, more so. Just watch out for the holes in the socks. That was the one I got caught when I first arrived. You know, you got to take the, the, the shoes off everywhere you go. So, yeah, I used to have a few holes in the socks. So I, I had to kind of sort that out straight away. <laughs> hey, you wouldn't be an Irish lad, Alan, if you didn't have the holes in the socks. Yeah, you know, gee, I didn't think it was compulsory. But, uh, yeah, yeah that's, um, that's something that I had to kind of snap out of straight away. <laughs> um, in terms of, of your, your uh, life there and you're settled down and you have a business and you're moving and opening a new place as well, this is it for the foreseeable Japan is home for a long time into the future? Yeah, yeah. Well, I always say my heart is in Ireland, you know. But um, just to, 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 it's funny how where life takes you, you know. And uh, mm. I, 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 I'm, I've just, I've got, a, I've got a challenge in front of me, and I, I'm passionate about it. And I feel like, it, I feel like it's working. So, so I'm happy to get stuck in. But I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't worry about my family in Ireland or. I didn't miss my friends and stuff back home, so um, it just it is what it is, you know. I'm sure not. I'm not the only one of that boat. There's families up and down mm. the country like that, you know. And as you mentioned at the start, you have family still here. What about the Guinness World Records you said earlier in the year for the longest baking marathon and for the longest cooking marathon? Are the records still intact? <laughs> Do they still stand? They are for the moment. They are for the moment. I don't really fancy doing them again. Like, but, so if someone goes for it, go work away, work away. I held them, I held them for a while. So uh, it's not something I'm, I'm hoping to hold on to forever. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's they're still there for the moment, anyway. Well, anyone that beats 47 hours, 21 minutes baking nonstop and beats uh, cooking for 119 hours and 57 minutes, are you right there, son? Good luck to them, you say, Alan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it seems like a dream now, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, yeah, I definitely don't fancy doing that again. Anyway, life is good with you. You're very happy. You're very content there. And it's uh, lovely to chat to you. Do you want to say hello to anyone back home today? Wish them well. Yeah, well, it's, it's lovely, to, it's lovely to, to hear a voice from home. And uh, yeah, family and friends, everyone back home. Um, Merry Christmas. And I hope you all have a wonderful new year. And uh, thank you, Una. Thank you so much, Alan. Good luck to you. Happy Christmas and New no, Year to care, you uh, and your family. Bye, take bye. care. Talk Merry to you. Christmas. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Alan Fisher there talking to us. All those, what, 9,000 odd kilometres. <laughs>
It's a long way to come on a telephone line with your voice, isn't it? And back as well. And apologies, a little bit of gremlins in the system there from time to time. But it was great to catch up. He's a great guy, isn't he? You just know there's a real spark in him. There's a twinkle in his eye. You'd like to be in his company, wouldn't you? You would indeed, for sure. Anyway, we'll be making another call abroad tomorrow and again on Friday before we finish up for the Christmas. Louise, you can verify what I said earlier on. You walked into the studio here. It is alive with the smell of... Oh, it's fab. It? Just really fruit and richness. Mm. Yeah, it's lovely. It's mm. lovely. And thanks. And they all look really well. Oh, they as well, do. Don't they? The presentation mm. and little puds and big puds and bits of puds and you name it. And thanks to everybody who sent in their puddings. Uh, our women with opinions are with us shortly. They are going to make the decision. Uh, I've quite a number here out on the table beside me. They'll shortlist a few then and taste them, and we'll pick a winner before the end of the show. And I have a massive hamper to give away to uh, one of the uh, pudding makers this afternoon. It, people are great and they've come from mm. everywhere. Just looking at the names, they've come from Kingscourt, Drogheda, Ardy, Tully Allen, Slane, Screen, Bettystown, Monaster Boys, Killani, Julianstown, Enfield, you know, Lovely the reach. spread Lovely, yeah. across the northeast, And we thank everybody who took the time <laughs> to make them and send them in. I'm just us. looking at them. I'd say we'd be rolling the women with opinions out the door. At you think so? <laughs> with all the porter and yeah. whiskey and everything that's in the pud- <laughs> the puddings. <laughs> we'll have to ring taxis for them to get them home. Oh, I'd say they'll be sitting outside going, oh, I can't move. Be like Santa Claus after Christmas Eve. Uh, do you know something I noticed uh, the, the last few days? I don't know whether you have. Do you know the way I, I've been giving out about it here? That, you know, Christmas starts too bloody early. It really does. It mm. starts too early, honestly. There's only one woman allowed to have an early Christmas and she's allowed to have an all-year Christmas. And that's Mrs. Christmas herself, our Maggie Maguire. <laughs> she's kept the Christmas tree up all year, as she said she do, for the 12 months and decorated with mm. the different seasons. And... Santa's little helper, of course. Ho, ho, ho. We have to mention Santa's little helper. Yep. They're entitled Countdown. to be Christmassy all year. But for the rest of us, I just think, Louise, mm. honestly. But I've noticed something. I thought people weren't going to put up their lights where I live and that in the general area. And you know what I'm delighted with? They have. All the lights have just appeared in oh. the last week or so. Which the is outside great. lights, is Yes, it? outside. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's great. Hats off to everybody for that because... You know, it's seasonal. You've got to remember that. If you start bringing it into autumn and Halloween and that, Christ, no, we just don't want that. Do you have outside lights? No. Do they not like, you know, if it's windy, do they not batter off the windows and... Depends. No? Lots of people decorate trees outside with yeah. them and they're lovely and different features like that. And, and of course, yes, they surround windows mm. and, and doors and that as well. Yeah, they're they're with, lovely to look at. They are. They are. And I have to th- I have to say... You know, that's what this celebrate. The celebration is a religious and, and we were talking to Paddy Rush yesterday, Church of Ireland the day before. That's the essence of it. But in these dark days, and we're going to be talking to Anthony Murphy a little later on about solstice, the darkest days, the light lifts us, doesn't it? it yeah. and, and you know what I'm saying? And when January comes round mm. and they're gone. Great stretch in the evenings. <laughs> <laughs> and the house is pretty bare, isn't it? it yeah, is. I think we should. I think we should be allowed to stretch out Christmas to the end of January. Do you? Yeah, just take down things in, you know, increments. Gradually. Yeah. Some people take them down, you know, on St. Stephen's Day. I know, but they probably have them up since June. Yes. They're sick I, of them. I, I agree with you there. I think that's the problem <laughs> with people who put them up too early. Then they're tired of them and they want to get rid of them at I that stage. I find my problem is when you put them up, it's all great. And all the batteries go in, all the little, you know, the lights on yes. the Christmas tree and the thing. But you spend have to spend so much time switching them off before you go to bed. 
Yeah. That by Stevens's day, you're lucky if the tree lights go on. <laughs> Just can't be bothered anymore. And then switching on little, but you know, you village know what, scenes. You know what annoys me? We have lovely white lights in our front windows of the house and they look out and little star as well. I love the star mm-hmm. and we have our crib and that. If Miriam was at home, she'd be in there like the Grinch. In the dark. In the Grinch in the dark. <laughs> You see, because that's you're her shining light, Jerry. Oh, <laughs> how lovely. I need a bucket. <laughs> I think uh, I think you don't really know. You don't really know me <laughs> at all. <laughs> but I have to put on every light and I go in and bam, 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 bam. I put everything on. Now I switch everything off at night. But she'd sit in there and just, you know what I mean? Anyway, the uh, horses for courses coming up after two on the show. Best Christmas, best Christmas pudding in the Northeast. Women with opinions, but taking us to top of the hour too. News and weather on the way. It's Felice Navidad. Happy Christmas, everybody. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Christmas Wednesday afternoon and I am truly delighted to welcome our Women With Opinions, Kira Burke, Carmel McCarthy and making her debut on Opinions. She has a lot of time in her hands now. Yes, Miss Colette Nugent, welcome. You're very welcome, all of you, to the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Colette, look what you brought in. How are you? I'm very good. That's class. Kira. Do you like that? I absolutely love See, it. Did you make that? I did make it. The blue Peter. You see, now they have the time on my hands now. All the blue Peter <laughs> badges experience are coming didn't out. Go- <laughs> It didn't go their way. That was class. There's one for everyone in the audience. Oh, see now, I feel real bad now, yeah, especially that should. I know Carmel, you see now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Dan's mammy, you see, I'll be in trouble now for that. I didn't get a Carmel one. No, don't worry. This is the first prototype and it's wonderful. Yeah. Next year, there's a business in this for there you. Is, okay. yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll sell them in Kira's. In the yeah, the Christmas store. market, yeah. I'll have you down, Colette. Yes. <laughs> Either that or we'll get a patent and send it off to the, the Chinaman. Yeah. And he'll make a rake of Yes, they'll be Don't made. mention the China man. We, we had enough China problems a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, Don't mention know, that. Far East, you know, you yeah, can get yeah, anything yeah, you want yeah, made yeah. over there and it'll be uh, put back this way towards you. Welcome to the show. We have lots to chat about, but the big task each year is to choose the best Christmas pudding in the North East. And as I said, thank you to everybody who sent in puddings. The girls have been here for a while, so look, it wouldn't be possible to taste them all. And that's this is a fact. So what we've done is uh, we had a short list of eight, which is now a short list of four. OK, so we're going to taste four of the puddings. I won't name any names yet, but I will name it after. No, I won't name it. <laughs> what I'm going to do is puddings number one, two, three and four. And no, don't give me the scores till the end. OK, so keep the scores to yourself. So pudding number one. No, you can tell our listeners. You can tell our listeners what you give pudding number one, all of you. When you do give it the marks, OK, but I won't read the name of pudding number one. You understand? Till we've gone through all four to keep the suspense. You know what I'm talking about, about who's won it. Anyway. <laughs> I think I figured that out right. I'm nearly sure I have. Anyway, pudding number one. Um, this one here, Kira, is it? It's a dark pudding now. Yeah, but I don't know if I want to give you my thing until I've tasted them all. Okay, well yeah. that's all right. Yeah. That's probably yeah. the best thing I to do. That's yeah, yeah. Now, now, yeah, yeah, now we're on the right track. Don't mind me. Leave it to the women. They understand how to do the marking and taste. Yeah. You're right. Don't give us the marks yeah. yet. But give us a comment on that. Oh my pudding, god, honey. it's gorgeous. 
Now, I don't generally like um, dark puddings, but it's very moist. It's really nutty, it's, which is nice. Yeah. And a bit of custard as opposed to brandy butter because it's already quite heavy. Okay. Um, but I'd happily mill through that so, over Christmas. So you like pudding number one. Yep. Carmel McCarthy. Yeah, the same. I, I love that nuttiness now. I could see it with custard and a bit of cream. Mm. It would be gorgeous. Yeah. And, you know, it's the sort of one that'll go with a cup of tea. Yes. As opposed to your glass of wine or pork okay. or whatever. That's, and you yeah. have your coffees and teas which yeah. are there. What does Colette Nugent feel about pudding number one? Oh, sure. I'm a horrid connoisseur of puddings. <laughs> What's not to like about it? It's puddings and I didn't cook it. Exactly. <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> Give me more of it. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so there you are. We've tasted pudding number one and we have three more to go through and we'll tell you who the puddings belong to in due course. Welcome to the show. Let's first of all reflect perhaps on the year that's gone by and where the world is at this point in time. Um, Carmel, what do you say about life on Earth for human beings at this time when you have Ukraine and Gaza and what's going to happen in America, UK, 55 conflicts and back to it again going on in the world? It's it's very, it's sad at the moment. So I honestly think, you know, when you look to Ukraine, when and God knows, you know, we have done plenty here in Ireland for, thankfully, the people coming in from Ukraine. But I think... We look at it, we're taking the stress on board and we feel helpless. Yes. So I I think probably let's start with small things individually. Let's do something kind for somebody, um, you know, whether it be looking out for the neighbour on their own, whether it be giving that little bit extra to the people you know who need it. That's what will give you the feel good factor. And that does have a rip ripple effect globally, mm. you know. But if we're constantly in the negative mm-hmm. and like we're being we're very we're sensitised to what's going on in the world. So I think start look around you. You know, the, now I'm I'm being glib when I say charity begins at home because I'm being very glib there. But what I really mean is that's the only place we can do it at the minute unless you have a lot of money that you can send out to goal or to yes. trucker or whatever. Yeah. But do something small. Do something small. Collect. Yeah, I think Carol's right. It's easy to become desensitised to it all because it's all doom and gloom. Yeah. It's all, you know, you know, it's all down in the dumps and heart wrenching and stuff. And it's very hard not to have um, continuous empathy towards what's happening. But, you know, wars aren't anything new. And invariably, any of these things that's taken place, it's all down to power, money, land, oil, all that. Now with Ukraine, it's all about grain. I mean, I think it's... Somebody told me one of the top five or seven producers or suppliers of grain in the it world. Is. So again, it's about power. But, you know, sometimes I think it was it reminds me a bit like in COVID when people would come into the pub and oh, such and such a one died and you empathise with them. And I actually thought at one stage I was becoming a sociopath because I couldn't ha- actually normally I'd be genuinely empathetic. and oh God, that's shocking. And you would say that and you'd t- discuss it for the rest of the evening. But there were so many people dying at that stage. Mm. And it's a bit like this. It's so hard not to to get wrapped up in the doom and gloom. And I think you're right to just try to do something positive. 
I'm 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 a very judgmental person as anyone that knows me well you know I judge you as your first door is coming in the front door kind of scenario I'm trying to get better at that and not be so judgmental and have an opinion on someone so I'm trying to do a bit better with that It's hard to have an opinion Kira, as well and express your opinion especially in the case of Gaza you know what I mean and there oh, are totally. two sides and like you know this... and if you say anything you know and just be oh careful what you say yes, you know you It's a contentious issue for a lot of people and I know that this year we decided because it was just Christmas is coming. Gaza was just all over the place. We just said, right, guys, we all have enough. Let's just do our Chris Kindles for mm-hmm. charity this year. And then if you want to give a gift, give something from a charity shop. So, of course, my brother says, well, I've never been in a charity shop. And I was like, oh my God, you know, yeah. but we need we don't need anything. But you know where I went this morning? I went up to the Newgrange to, for the summer. The yeah, the solstice. solstice. It's on tomorrow, but you can go over yeah. the next few days. And uh, I was looking forward to going up. I made a few uh, bacon butties and a bit of coffee. And we went up and we were sitting on the hill. And the sun was just about to come up. I was going to get photographs. Next thing I get, a phone call to say, Kira, there's no water in the leak. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas week. Burst water, man. I don't know what I'm laughing at. I shouldn't be laughing. Oh, no. I, well, yeah. I just sat there and go, what next? Yeah. what yeah. next? Talk about grounding. Yeah, so... I had to pack up my thing and head off. Never saw the, the... So I was actually looking for something spiritual and nice that didn't cost the, mm. the earth, that it wasn't... That was something nice that you could do yes. for Christmas. Mm. And there was actually a load of people up there that mm. didn't have the tickets, but just there. Yeah. To be together. Yeah. And it was absolutely lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Simplicity, yeah. going, reaching back, you know, millennia as well to yeah. people who did something absolutely miraculous. Uh, uh, and, you know, what we're hoping for is a frosty morning that the sun shines. And actually, we're talking to Anthony Murphy, who knows the place inside out a little bit later on in the show about mid uh, winter day uh, and the solstice as well. But Look, it's a, it's taking you away as well from what we're talking about. It's, well, it just, I, it's just for a little so, while. so kind of mental the last few weeks with Christmas and all that. Yeah. And I just said, you know what? Let's just go up there in the morning. And of course, yeah. the kids looked at me like a ten heads. And um, <laughs> lost it. And, uh, so quick, get help for mummy. Yeah, what are we going up there for? Um, but it was just, it was going to, it was going to be lovely. Yes, and it looked lovely. But I just, I'll have to go again tomorrow. You, you'll have to go again. Well, you'll have to go again when it comes to the pods. Let's okay. have a, have a little taste of pudding number two, please. Um, who is pudding two? There, Carmel is that? Oh no, Kira's doing mammy here. She's, She's doing the cutting of the slice. That's great. Hanks. I'm glad. Well, you she's know covering what? that knife. Colette Nugent is delighted being, as she said, a lover of puddings. Well, you're not going to go hungry with Kira Burke oh. with those slices for sure. Yeah. Now, this is a difference. It just even, I'm looking at this pudding as you cut it there. And, um, yeah, it's quite different. It's to a the cake sort of consistency, yeah. is it? Yeah. Dryer yeah. Consistency. yeah. Well, that's okay. But, but still mm. a good lot of fruit in it. Have we plates there? Here, give here, me that. Here, here, just throw one up of that. Yes. Quick as you can there till we get yeah. it. Moving here, Colette and Carmel there. What's not to like chatting tea and pudding? Jesus, my life is complete now, lads. You can pull your own pints. Good luck. I know. need a spoon for this one. One, one of the... Sorry, Carmel, I had to eat that. That was delicious. Uh, yeah, well, do you... God, there's no rare in on you. No, there's no manner to me. Well, OK, go on, I'll start with you then, Colette. No, what were you going to say? I said there's another... Um, news station who have movies and booze on we're pudding and tea <laughs> oh, I like it I yeah. like it yeah. <laughs> I actually like this pudding I well, prefer this yeah. pudding to the other one yeah so do I do you okay. yeah, it, you could eat with a spoon because it's oh kind of crumbly oh my god crumbly. anything but it's yeah. spoon yeah. custard cream no, tea wine 
you could put the brandy butter on that. Oh, you could. It's a lighter look yeah. of a pudding. Mm. You know what I mean? It's lighter looking. The other pudding was darker. This is a lighter lo- looking pudding. Plenty of fruit in it. Yes. Mm. Lovely consistency. Can you Beautiful taste, smell. Can you yeah. taste the alcohol through it? Yes. Mm. You, there's a don't bit of brand- don't alcohol. mention alcohol. <laughs> there's a drop in there for, for sure. So, okay. What did you say? I don't know what you're saying. There's no alcohol in a pudding at all. <laughs> Louise said you'll need taxis after you're finished with the puddings here. Anyway. Okay, so pudding number two. Keep that one in your mind as well. Put down your rough mark there. See what you think. We're in the midst of a big competition here on the air. Yes, we are tasting puddings and we're going to crown the uh, best Christmas pudding in the northeast this afternoon in the company of Kira Burke, Carmel McCarthy and Colette Nugent who are with us this afternoon. So let's get straight to pudding number three. And Carmel, I'll start with you with pudding number three. What do you feel about that pud there? It's nice, but personally, it's not quite as flavoursome as the other two we taste. Okay, okay. That's my palate. Your, your yeah, palate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kira. Yeah, I like the nuttiness of the first one. There's no nuts in that one. I like a little bit of a crunch, but that is lovely. Very moist. Yes. So perhaps on the verge of too moist, uh, but it was it was lovely pudding. Lovely pudding. Yeah. Colette Nugent can't That's even talk. That's number three. three. I'm too busy. I'm eating. Three. No, you're on. You're number three there. Oh, okay. am I on number three? Am right. Where did I manage that? Yeah. It's delicious. You like it? I do. Yeah, you I like don't. them all. See, the trouble with Colette is she likes them all. And let me show you. <laughs> Look at what she brought me in today. Look. Look what she brought me in. Me, Colette, for me especially, Colette Nugent. Not everybody gets a medal, Colette. Isn't she talented, that woman? She really is. I know. Um, Okay, so have you enough? Have you tasted enough? And by the way, like all good tastings, they have their coffees and their teas and they Mm -hmm. take a little slurp and they clear the palate uh, for the next... I have gin. I don't know about you, but... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, she hasn't. It's coffee or tea that's (laughs) that's in the mug. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, Christmas time and, and, and this time of the year. Your earliest memories of Christmas as a child. Can you recall an early memory or a special memory growing up as a young Sakira? Yeah, well, I remember my granny had, my grandparents had a pub in Navin. And uh, so we used to wait till dad finished the milk and and then we'd have our dinner and then we'd go over to the pub in Navin. And it would be just, I just remember the smoke. Yeah. Now, all everybody, the, clo- the pub had been closed. We'd go up there and not that it was, everywhere was smoky, but I just remember this fog mm. and people drinking and party and all that. Like, I must have been only like three or four. And you can remember that. I can remember. Well, like, like my grandfather yeah. died when I was six. So, yeah. but I remember, you know, I remember that. I remember the, the revelry and everybody was there and, you know, all the neighbours and friends. Whatever. That was, yeah, it was. That was one thing I remember as a child. Yeah, yeah. an early me- early memory. Carmel, an early memory. Yeah, uh, I remember, like, I was born in Ravensdale. My father was a forester there at the time. And I still remember the people coming to the door looking for Christmas trees. And I remember my mother being cross one, uh, one day, just before Christmas. It was a Sunday. And someone called to the door looking for Christmas trees. And she ran them and said, we have to have some day of the week mm-hmm. off. And we were all wondering, is Christmas going? 
going to happen now because she she got cross with that yes. woman. But for years afterwards, we slagged her, saying, "Weren't you awful, mother?" The way uh, she said, "Listen, they'd have come at twelve o'clock at night if you didn't draw yes. a line in the sand." Yeah. yeah so, and I, I must have been again three or four at the time. Mm. That was probably the year I got the trike, and I may as well have got a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, oh my yeah, God, yeah, it yeah. was fantastic! <laughs> a trike, you know, all three wheels on it. Some might say I shouldn't have progressed any further. <laughs> But uh, we leave it at that. There are large three wheelers available. <laughs> the Robin Reliant, Colette Newton. Well, I, you know anyone that knows me, of course, you know. Again, it was always skullduggery. I was up to my first early memory is my brother and I sitting in England. We lived there. We were born there, sitting on the stairs, and I figured out all oh, the presents was under the tree and everybody was in bed. So down I goes as typical. Couldn't wait for another four or five hours. Opened every present belonging to me. Oh, my God. Looked in them all. Just have a little sneaky peek, you know, and put them all back with military position. CI5 CI wouldn't have, MI5 wouldn't have had a look in. And the brother caught me doing it and he held me to ransom for ages. But my sister knew something was amiss. And she said to me, you were at them presents, weren't you? And I looking at because I obviously didn't feign you know excited yes. enough or, or you know shock but I got done on that one and ever, consequently ever since any present they ever gave me it would be like a hundred weight of sellotape on it <laughs> that yeah, you yeah, yeah. And, and, and it has to go without saying Santa arrived early in your house oh these were only presents from oh. mummy and daddy oh, they weren't presents from oh. Santa oh my god oh Santa no you Santa, no Santa hadn't arrived so you had to go back to bed Close I had to go back eyes, to bed go and go asleep <gasps> and hope that Santa would come oh to me. My oh my God. Because I was very naughty. Yes. Because, because he could have spotted you. Oh, he, he could absolutely could have spotted me. And if you didn't get a bag of coal. Uh, do you remember an early gift One you got, coal. like Carmel mentioning the trike there and thing like that? Do you remember, you know, an early gift that made an impression on you? Your most memorable gift from childhood that you got from Santa Claus? Oh, no, it was the Triumph 20. Like oh, the bike. The bike. The bike was Triumph 20. Got it when yeah. I was eight. The best Santa present ever. Um, had a had a basket in the front, small little wheels, and I, I think I wrote it into secondary school until like yeah. third year, until yeah. it wasn't yeah. cool anymore. Yes. But that was like when I saw that green bike. Wow. You were just wow gobsmacked. Mm. Like you know, we got one thing. Yeah. You know, that's generally we did. We got one thing. Yeah. You know that was now, it. Yeah. now we got one main yeah. thing that was it. Yeah. We were glad to get it. Yeah. Mine was a bike as well. Mm. Came from Garvey's Cash and Carry. <laughs> uh, if if you're familiar with Garvey's yes. Cash and yes. Carry here in town, yeah. but we used to go to the Navin and then we came to draw Yeah. You got it. And I actually remember. I can't swear on on the air. For for ages, I was looking at this bike. And my father said, keep your eye on it, daughter, because you're never getting your <clears throat> on it. Because he said I wasn't getting Of course, Mammy got round him and I got the So bike. Santa oh, must have. the bike was just... Santa. And I fell off with Noel Duff, Mary Duff's brother, coming back from Heronstone School. And it's his fault because I have a big gash in my knee. Yeah. yeah I'm going to sue him. I, I I, I, but I love the bike. It was red. I, Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You see, you, 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 that this is the important thing to tell children. You know, when you go up to Smith's Toys nowadays or any, any toy shop, Duffy's Toy World, marvellous people there, wherever you go to see your toys... When you go and see them there, you've got to remember that those toys are there in those shops, but Santa Claus has the big stash of them back mm, in the North Pole. He's the best he toys. brings the toys to you then on Christmas night. And I'm sure all the boys and girls across the North East have been so good. They're all on the nice list this year. Now, talking about nice, let's have a nice little taste of pudding number four, Carmel. Carmel, do you want to... Okay, I'll do mother here Will you do mother one? on this one, please? And we'll see how Until we, we go. see what people think about uh, this pudding and... No. You've yeah. got I mean, they keep, all look good. Yeah. You've got to keep it in your mind. You've got to keep it in your mind, the puddings that you've tasted. And what we're going to do here, folks, just to let, let you know, be fair, I have no hand actor part in the four shortlisted. I provided all to the ladies. They whittled it down to the final oh, four. The They're doing the tasting. So what's going to happen Very here is oh, that's a beautiful the smell. girls, when they finish tasting this pudding, are going to give each pudding a mark out of 10 and then we'll total it up. If there is a tie, the casting vote will go to Louise while she will come in and have a little taste of each pudding and she will decide who is the winner. So if we're mm-hmm. in a tie situation, Louise is going to be the, the, the taster. Now, um, Carmen. Mm, lovely pudding, not as moist as some of the others. Plenty of fruit in it. Lovely Lovely smell, all beautiful yeah. smell. But uh, the again, cherries. Look at the cherries. The cherries. Oh. The cherries there, yeah. yeah. I mean, th- that's a, there's no shortage of fruit there. Uh, that definitely um, the brandy butter would go with that one. Yes, definitely. And, and, and I want to tell you, the girls do not know who these puddings belong to. By no. the way, either this no. is an anonymous Ooh. test. There's yeah. nothing. Uh, I'm from Stokes Kennedy Crowley today. I, I'm the independent adjudicator. No, they generally don't know who these you know puddings belong to. Uh, do you, do you love it? Do you love it? Colette, Colette oh, loves yeah, it's really nice. Mm. I, don't I know love that fried on the pan with okay. the consistency of that one is perfect for my opinion. Okay, thank you. You love it. Would that be your favorite? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My favorite. problem is I'd eat too much of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm. and, the, and what's the problem uh, there? Now, what is the problem? Well, <laughs> well I have looked down and I can't, on? can't see me toes. That's what the problem. Well, that's would all be. right. Yeah. I lift your ankle. Oh for you. they're, they're all gorgeous. Uh. <laughs> okay, yeah. so they're all gorgeous. Mm. They they really really are. Are you? Pu- well, Colette says she's a pudding fan. You you, you yes, you yeah. love a bit of pudding. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry, I just wonder who's going to be making them in the next generation because I haven't made a pudding. I know. Like and I'm like I my mother would have. Yeah. I don't make puddings. Like my kids are, but my one of my kids might. She'd be the kind of inclined mm-hmm. to do the traditional kind of stuff. But a lot of kids, like I am selling so many chocolate biscuit puddings. Yeah. Not. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah. 
I don't know. Oh, no. Anyway, yeah, uh, no. ask anybody in my house. You can have all the chocolate biscuit in the world that ever comes my way because I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, I have no yeah, grow no, for it. No. But you're right in what you say. It's a tradition, like a lot of traditions. But I just hope and pray that, you know, by uh, people encourage children to stir the pudding with them, grandchildren yeah. that as well, that it will remain in, in a way. And I have to say this year, I thank everybody. It's been a strong response to my call out for mm. puddings. And we haven't pushed that much, I have to say to you, but we've got a great response. It's a big response. effort to do that. Oh, oh my yeah. God. You know? Look at look at what we have here. Mm. I want to say a huge thank you to everybody again who sent in puddings. We really do appreciate it. And they're all lovely. Anybody oh, wants to drop right. off puddings? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'll mind them for you all. I just yeah. wonder who's getting these. Are they all gone back? Uh, now, we're going to take, I want one. We're going to take a short break. <laughs> uh, uh, you just you just part that question. Colette Nugent, Carmel McCarthy and Kira Burke are with me on Late Lunch, a woman with opinions, and they've been tasting the puddings uh, this afternoon. Now, just hold the votes for a moment. I want to just talk to you about something else. We, 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 we touched on the international scene there, but let's talk about Ireland this last year. Um, funny enough, we were doing calls abroad, and um, I will be talking to somebody on the show before the end of the week. She's young, and we know her well, and she's in Australia at the moment. She was saying to me, the amount of Irish who have you know arrived in Australia since she went there last year and when she talks about the style of life out there compared to here the cost of renting out there compared to here the cost of living out there the jobs etc it would waken you up a bit and we're hearing this about losing teachers and health service workers and everything the riots in Dublin a general election perhaps next year the year after the Europeans and the locals where is Ireland in 2023 Christmas going into the new year. Are you happy as a business person running a business with how many, no. young, how many young women? Four young women? Of daughters? I have four daughters, yes. Yeah. I have 37 members of staff, uh, 25 full-time and 13 part-time. And I tell you, it's not easy. No. And um, <clears throat> so I'm struggling with all the costs and the cost of, cost of doing business. Now, I hate to be a whinge because no. I have a very busy business, right? But... You know, we have extra costs coming down this and I want to pay everyone fairly. They're all paid, you know, fairly. They're not paid minimum wage, but they'll all be looking for the extra. Um, so I'm just kind of thinking it's just not there because people are not outspending and they're not outspending in cafes, restaurants, shops, local places because they don't have it either. The interest rates have gone up in the la- four times or five times in the last year. People are stretched and like the government is going on and on about, you know, and I'd be a, a favour of this government, but they're going on and on about, you know, how much money they've made and whatever. But there are small businesses in this country that are on their knees. And I was actually on Joe Duffy last week mm. and I was saying about um, how many businesses will close in the new year if they don't wake up and see it. Mm. And it's the service industry and it's the people who are who are uh, labour intense <coughs> businesses, like myself, like Carmel, like, you know, um, and then uh, legislation, oh. legislation, like I mean, Carmen, you know all about it um, with your with your business. Legislation, uh, insurance, all our products have. You know, you're talking about grain coming from the Ukraine. Everything has gone just through the roof in the last couple of years. You're not looking forward then to 2024. No, it's going to be a big struggle. I'll have to I'll have to shed a good few jobs. Don't forget, all the money was warehoused as well. Yeah, so and that's all due. Back. <coughs> is that due back this year, Cameron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. That, yeah. that all has to be paid back. Yeah, well, I didn't so, warehouse tax because whatever no, it got. No, no, a lot of people the, didn't, but a lot of people a lot did. Of people did. You know, but, a bit of <coughs> the, and 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 actually, what the 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 
what the government gave me during COVID, I used to pay my taxes mm-hmm. because I said, well, if if I'm not getting it, if you know, if I'm not taking it in, I'll have to use this money to pay the taxes. So then, like, so look, it's a struggle. People I think, think there'll that, be a lot of SMEs gone January, gone. February. Yes. I, if they last till then, yeah. I think they may close for Christmas break and may not open. You go to any major right. towns or cities, yeah. even if you're travelling and you go and you say, my God, is that closed? That closed in, in COVID and never reopened. Yeah. And not to be doom and gloom about it, but we do have to be a realist about it. Yeah. And the the extended costs of increasing costs, sorry, in any businesses is just astronomical. And like all you people that knows when you're dealing with anything, whether you're in the hospitality sector or not, people come in and they come into your premises or you're dealing with them as well, Carmel, you know, and they think, oh, they're busy, blah, blah, blah. They have no idea that that one busy weekend has to sustain you for the next four to five to six, depending on. And if you have overheads and mortgages and debts and all those other things, leased equipment, it's all relevant. It's like you were saying about people going to Australia. It's listen, it's relevant. It's okay when they go there and they get better jobs and, mm. you know, higher wages and so on and so on. The cost of living is out the door in Australia. Yeah. The price of a house is <coughs> choking yeah. in Australia. And I know this from, you know, family members. And so, you know, it's all relative. It's all very well I, I, saying and that. And yet people are going out. I'm telling you, they're going. They're and going what, because there's a job there. Yeah, they have two jobs. And you're right. It takes two jobs yes. to, you know, live, to get a place yeah. to rent. And you're not wrong. It but they is have expensive. a job there. They don't have it here. They yeah. don't have it here. And it's interesting you should say that. Like, I'll just comment on here first. Like, the government is great. They increase the minimum wage. Who's taking the flack for that? You we are. are. Yes, Exactly. We are. We have to make sure that we're yeah. paying people a decent wage. We're getting no support from the government on that. Number two, the likes of sick pay. Who's to take the flack on that? We have to. And they're increasing. It's three days this year. It's going to increase up to 10 days uh, by, is it uh, what? In, in five years. Five years, yeah. yeah. And again, it's the employers have to take the flack mm. on that. And, you know, these are the things that make the government look uh, squeaky clean and the 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 voters delighted with it but it's the small businesses and whether you like it or not we are the ones that sustain uh, like the country it's not the it's not no, the big globals correct. it's the small local businesses and that's why I'm always saying to people you know do shop local mm-hmm. you know and and that's that's vital so I'm getting a whole negative vibe well, I'll just give you an example Jerry right? okay I pay about 20 grand's worth of tax every week, every month, right? Every month that goes into the VAT and PRSI. My bill is 28 and I don't have that eight to pay that bill. So I'm getting myself deeper and deeper and deeper. For the big bill at the end of the For year. the revenue bill, which will never go away. Mm-hmm. So I would actually be better off just go bankrupt. I'd actually be better, better off. So, but I'm, I'm a fighter. And I'll keep going and I'll keep uh, keep plugging away at the government. But that is the reality. It's mm-hmm. it's it's really disturbing to hear what you all have to say and, and an agreement on it. In general, what about life in Ireland? We don't have a war going on. Mm-hmm. We have a reasonable climate. We're better off than many previous generations, you have to say. You know, there's there's a lot going yeah. for us as well. Yeah. Do you know what, Jerry? I'm going back to Mass in here. I'm going back to something because we've lost all of that as well. Mm. We've lost our moral compass. 
We've lost, like, anyone who... Absolutely, we've any, lost our moral compass. Anyone who has been dragged Selfish. up, like we all I'd did. hold my hand to that, Selfish. We all dragged up going to Mass every week, mm-hmm. no matter whether we liked it or not. We were in school, we had to recite the Ten Commandments and whatever. You had a moral Rosary compass. Rosary and yeah. Yeah. yeah, you had a moral compass. And now, nobody gives a damn. Like, mm. I still go to Mass every week. Mm. Like, and someone said, do you? And yeah. I said, yes. That is me, no. yeah. and I choose yeah. to do this for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? When the crap hits the fan, who do I get on to? Mm. Your exactly. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Father yeah. Paddy Rush sat in that chair yesterday, mm. and we talked about this precisely. You know what I mean? And I was reading David Quinn recently in the uh, Independent. He's a fantastic writer, and you know I don't always agree with columnists, but they make you think as well. And he was talking about in homes, you know, this the riots in Dublin and where this comes from and the, the wanton violence. And, 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 and he makes a point. He said that in homes today, there is an absolute lack in an awful lot of places of a male role model in a house. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that unfortunately women are left to do their very best, mm-hmm. which they try to do with young lads who are coming up a lot. And, you know, I just thought, you're right, mate. And they're so distraught with having to deal and juggle all the balls in the air and keep them all in the air that there's a lack of love and empathy and respect. And if you Mm. don't like yourself, you're not going to like anybody else and you're not going to like anyone else's property or anyone else's opinion. And it becomes a big, big ball of crap, as we say, rolling downhill, gathering moss as we go. And that's the issue. But it all comes back to, you said earlier, Carmel, show a little bit of kindness. That's mm. all it is. Mm. And I, for my, my New Year's resolutions, not to, they're laughing now if anyone's listening to me. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm going to try and not be so judgmental. I'm the most judgmental person you've ever met in your life and impatient. But I just think that's what it is. And it stems from that. Mm. I was horrified at how some people behaved in the bar over the years. Horrified. Oh, yeah. And I would look at them and I'm going, you've come from a really nice home. Mm. How, how do you think that's acceptable here? But no, but that has become... Worse and worse. Absolutely, Kira. And Horrendous. since COVID, it's... The entitlement of people now is, I want my coffee, Kira, and I want it hot, and I want it in a... This, you want to get them and choke the... Uh, there's, there's a simple <laughs> Don't thing. Don't do that. Okay, I'll try not to. See, do see, um, no, yenge, I start yeah, meditating. Start meditating. Mm. That's so, what yeah. you need. No, but I just think that the... I think he's dead right. The male role model is missing in many. Like, I'm so blessed that I have four daughters, right? And, I, you know, I never was blessed with a son. But I, my marriage split. My marriage broke down and their dad is not around. And I'm glad that I didn't have sons. Mm. Sons See? crave a male role model. Yeah. It is It is I, a huge, huge thing. Look, I, I, uh, go on, go on. I was the same as 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 Kira when I split from um, my first husband. Call him my first because my second one to keep him on his toes. Uh, the current uh, husband. The current husband, yeah. But I had three <laughs> girls and I said, thank you, God, mm-hmm. for that because I was able to deal with them. I also had fabulous extended family support. Oh, yeah, like, Fantastic, like which you had mm. too. So we were blessed. Like, I to wait to get the son. Now, I hope he behaves himself when he go, went into your I'm pub. so not commenting that. I love <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Daniel and Kyron, my two toy boys. Sorry, Mammy. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Going off there on a tangent. Yeah. Anyway, there are many issues and many issues to be addressed and we need to tackle... Much of what you say there, of course, it is the challenge ahead. But uh, look, we it's we'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll come back to it in the in, in the new year. I promise. Now, come on, we got to get the vote done on the best Christmas pudding. So I'm going to call dun, 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 out. Dun, dun, okay, dun, dun, so dun. on pudding number one out of ten, Kira Burke. 
I gave pudding number one a six. Okay. Carmel. I gave it a seven. Okay. And And I mean I I gave it a five. Okay, that's grand. So the pudding number one comes to uh, 18 18 points there. Now, pudding number two. I'll start with you, Colette, with pudding number two. Ivre knee, nine. Ooh. Carmel. Wheat point, eight. Eight there, okay, and Kira. Seven from it's myself. It's like the Eurovision. Seven. Yeah. It is like the. It's like I feel like I strictly come dancing here as well. So nine. You, you're very good at the adding. Fifteen and nine is twenty-four. Isn't that right? Yeah. Twenty-four points. We agree with that. Pudding mm-hmm. number two. Pudding number three. Carmel, kick us off. Uh, seven. Seven for pudding number three. Seven. Seven. Eight. Ever hooked. Oh, very good. So you give it more. So that's 15 mm. and 7 is 22 in the Ooh. lead at the moment is pudding number 2. Now, our final shortlisted pudding. It's getting very exciting here. Uh, let's begin with you, Kira. Come on. P- I pudding. am going to give pudding number 4 a 9. Ooh. And make that another 9 from me. A 9? I on. am a 7. A 7. 9 and 9 is 18 and twenty-five. 7 is 25. And I can tell you, that by one mark, pudding number four is the best Christmas pudding in the North East. In the opinions of... Of Kira Burke, yeah. Carmel McCarthy and Colette Nugent. So, the runners-up, I'll call the other three out, as all been runners-up. So, the runners-up this year, <laughs> pudding number one was made by Gillian O'Brien from King's Court. Well done, Gillian. Well done, Lovely pudding. Well Second runner-up there is, uh, we'll all call them all, as I said, is pudding number two, which was made by Rita Daly in Slane. Oh, Rita's in there, I think, every year. She's oh, a, a runner-up again. And our third runner-up is pudding uh, number three, which was made by Pat Lochran from Monash Boys. Now, that may be a gentleman. I think Pat was in that before. Was he? Well. That may be a, 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 And so Rita. Three, three runners up there. But this year, the best Christmas pudding in the North East, LMFM Radio's Late Lunch, is pudding number four with 25 points by a single point. And that pudding, she's won it before. And she has the crown back again. It's Gail Fitzsimons from Trim. Well done, Gail. Gail has won again and we're going to see if we can get her in a little while on the show. Has Gail won three or four times, I don't know. She's always... But they... Look, do verify. None yeah. of you yeah. knew who no. those yeah. puddings were. How many puddings did you get in all, the t- all, all together? More than 20 puddings. Like, that's oh, amazing. That, that, yeah. that, like, it is amazing. It's, 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 yeah, it's a big effort to get them. Let's yeah. take a short break. Stay there. I won't say goodbye to you for a moment. Just stay there because of a couple of other things to do. The girls are still with me on late lunch and they'll be delighted to hear these comments. There's a number of comments there saying, I'll just paraphrase one of them that says, we need those women in government, Jerry." Ooh, that's can a big one for you. Can I swear if I'm in government? No. Yeah. Yes, you can. You doll privilege you can do what you like <laughs> anyway you will confirm girls that you were out in reception before you came in here did you see the display we have oh my god reception's covered with them it's just amazing amazing fabulous it's just fabulous kids, all the cards kids cards for Kelly we started it at the beginning mm. of the month and the children of the northeast through their parents grandparents schools or whatever responded we got Hundreds and hundreds of cards, and the work that's gone into them, you know, the amount children. of talent. Oh, oh, it's lovely, yeah. Yeah. It's love I think it's a lovely craft for someone to do down this. And me- did yeah. Let's do this yeah. for the journey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know, we have to say a big thank you to Shoe City and Castle Blaney who gave us a 250 euro voucher. Now, it's not a competition, we emphasize that we wanted mm-hmm. to see the creativity yeah. of all yeah. the children, yeah. they came from all ages, and we have toy store vouchers as well. So, randomly early today, as you can imagine, there were hundreds involved, and this was, I can guarantee, you done absolutely randomly 
three were selected from everybody that was there. You were all in. So, the card picked as the one that oh, picks up look. the shoe. That's fabulous. City voucher, 250 euro ah, and uh, a toy store voucher as well. Look at that. The sleigh and the reindeer yeah. and a globe and everything. And let me see who it is. It is sent to us from Lily Walls. She's uh, in fifth class in St. Oliver's National School. She's from Newfield in Drogheda. You, fabulous. Lily, we're delighted. Look, and the girls ah, are thrilled with fabulous. your card. It's Isn't fabulous, that card. Well done, Lily. Isn't that lovely? Lily. And as I said, uh, they were of all ages. And uh, here is the second uh, card picked out for a toy store voucher as well. Isn't that lovely? Oh, lovely snowman. Fabulous. Snowman. Yes. Look at yes. the oh, nose talented. and that. The detail. Ah, oh, look at the back. On oh, the back. God. Oh, that's, that's an artist that's actually in the making. very good. Yeah. Term and feckin'. Oh, no better place. Leo Duggan, aged 11, from Skullnay Fekin in Termin Fekin. That's fabulous. Yeah. You have picked up a Toy Store voucher as well. That's oh, yours well today. Done, and just one more here. And you'd know that's from a little, a little isn't it? Ah, look at, that ah, look at it. It's just precious. <laughs> ah, isn't it gorgeous? gorgeous. With the I couldn't do that now my age. And- <laughs> Neither could I. I failed art. I fed <laughs> up with me that. telling them that on the show. I've always failed. I failed art all my life in school. Uh, anyway, that comes in from Casey Barn, age six. Oh, bless her. Well done, Casey. Casey. Barn. It's fabulous. But my heart. Yes. From my Why heart, I say to you all, to everybody who sent in a card to me this year, you've made Christmas extra special, special. in LMFM yeah. Radio and thank you indeed. Now, guess who's standing by? We're going to say hello to her now. Gail Fitzsimons, hi. Hello. How are you? I'm grand, thanks. In shock. Are you in shock, Gail? Oh, they loved your pudding. The girls absolutely loved it. Congratulations. Well done. Thank you. (laughs) Cherries. Gail, it's not your first time to pick up the title. Uh, no, the second. Second time you've won. Oh, God, you have the knack, Gail. You have the knack. <laughs> <laughs> they love it. And I'm just looking. I haven't tasted myself here, but I will in a little while. God almighty. The recipe. Tell us a bit about the recipe. Whose recipe is it? Uh, well, it's a very old recipe. My mother got it from someone years ago. And uh, I just wrote it down, you know, years ago when they used to be making the puddings. And... Uh, I have it ever since and I nearly can't read it with all the stuff the dirt that's on the page Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well listen it makes no difference you've come up with the winner again this year and the competition was stiff I have to tell you it was a tight one you won it by a point in the end and uh, we're delighted for you is there much spirits in the pudding Gail? Uh, well, there's whiskey and Guinness. Now, that's ah, there in. you go. Colette, no wonder Colette Nugent loved it. Do you know what I mean? With all the you whiskey. have a very low opinion of me, Jerry Kelly. It <laughs> <laughs> was a del- delicious pun. It was a marvellous pun. Thanks very much. Anyway. Jerry, I put plenty of cherries in it. I knew you liked them. Gail, you're a woman after my heart. When I was a little fella at home with me mother, and she, I can still see her making the pudding in the big bowl. Every year she made a couple of them, and she used to say, a cherry for Kelly. That was for ah. me. That was for me, and it still sticks me. I love cherries in puddings. Especially I really cherries did. soaked in alcohol. Oh, my God, they're beautiful. They're yeah. beautiful. Gail, congratulations. We'll be in touch Thank to make you, the Gail. arrangements. We have the Thank big you. hamper.
Thank you. Thank you very much. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Isn't she lovely, Gail? She really, really is. They are real old recipe. Yeah, she couldn't read it, she said, almost, because it's that that you... Isn't that simply amazing? Anyway... I want to say a big thank you to the three of you as well for dropping into us today, for judging this competition and uh, bringing your opinions to the airwaves as well, because we've got to hear what people have to say who are involved in different aspects of life as well. And I've thoroughly enjoyed the last while with you. Uh, It's been great during the year. I know you've been with us regular and to you, Colette, for the first time ever. Thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you to meet the ladies. All of you, a happy Christmas and your families. All the very best for and the new you year. As well, yeah. Jerry, too. Yeah. Have a lovely one. Thanks indeed. Have thanks indeed. One. Have a lovely Christmas and thanks to everybody yeah. at LMFM. We'll see. Yeah, and we'll hopefully the new year will be good for us. Yes. Yeah, think positive yes. vibes. Positive yes. vibes. Yes, we have yeah. to think that. Yeah. Girls, thanks a million. God bless you for coming in to us on the show today. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Wednesday afternoon and the sweat's rolling out of me here in the Christmas jump. I don't know what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> Anyways, uh, coming up after three on the show, it's number three in my top five Christmas songs countdown. And you know why I'm playing it today when you hear it, because I just love her. And Anthony Murphy from Mythical Ireland is joining us. He's been out at Newgrange like Kira. He's been out there for a few days now. And we're going to talk about the solstice. What day is actually the solstice on? Is it the 20th, 21st or 22nd? Or what's the story? Anthony will be with us in a little while. We're heading up towards news, weather and sport at three on late lunch. We'll be back shortly. Oh, the weather outside is frightful But the fire is so delightful And since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping And I brought me some corn for popping The lights are turned way down low Let it snow, let it snow Now, let's reprise the Eagle song today. And I want to sleep with you in the desert tonight With a billion stars all around Cause I got a peaceful, easy feeling Yeah, peaceful, easy feeling is what I was looking for, is the name of the song. Many other variations of lyrics from from the song, but that is the name of the Eagle song we were looking for. And I have a pair of tickets each for Bernie Kinsella and Linda Hughes to go along to Take It to the Limit. It's a celebration of the Eagles happening in the TLT on Friday the 12th of January. Tickets available from TLT online and that's going to be a fantastic night for sure. It's that time, the witching hour on late lunch. Time for my number three in the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... My personal number three in my top five countdown of Christmas songs this year on LMFM's Late Lunch. And it's a personal choice, of course. The number five and four, we went back quite a few years... But this one, yes, there is a personal bias here. I don't want to hear any of it. It's just, it's my choice, isn't it? It's my prerogative. Uh, this time uh, around the run into Christmas. Yes, it's a fairly recent song. And uh, 
I just love it. From we started playing it here on the show a couple of years back, it uh, appeared on our Christmas special at the Royal Albert Hall. What a concert that is. I hope she does it again sometime. I'd love to go. Yes, number three in my countdown to Miss Kylie Minogue. And certainly, Kylie, Christmas isn't Christmas until you get here. It's been a long time to be missing you, you, you. You're on your way now, leper, and I'm over the moon. Everything's all in place, but there is one thing clear. Christmas isn't Christmas till you get here. Those sleigh bells ring, ring, ring. I love that song. I really, really do. Sure, I love Miss Kylie Minogue. You all know that. Anyway, that had to be there in my top five countdown. And I'll bring you the number two and the number one on Friday in our final show of the year. Like this time next year, I might have a different top five. But sure, look, that's the way it goes, isn't it? Music is like that. It really, really is. Anyway, final break of the day coming up on Late Lunch. And afterwards, we're heading to Newgrange. Is today the solstice? Is it tomorrow? Is it the day after? Anthony Murphy knows. Now, a very good friend of ours is waiting patiently for me on the line. He knows all there is to know about mythical Ireland and especially the Boyne Valley and Newgrange. Anthony Murphy, happy Christmas. Happy solstice, Jerry. <laughs> now, Anthony... Uh, solstice comes first. <laughs> Anthony, ho- hold on a minute. Just, yeah. I- I'm going to stop you there because that's why you're with me today because, you see, I'm a little confused here. I always had it in my mind that solstice, the shortest day of the year, was December 21st. And I opened my diary today and I see it's the 22nd of December. Please clarify. Yeah, well, you see, we have these things called scientists, astronomers, and they're very fussy dudes, you know. So they insist that the actual moment of winter solstice is uh, uh, that the moment at which the sun reaches its minimum declination. And in plain English, what that means is it's minimum, as it were. If, if you thought about latitude uh, on the earth and transferred that to the sky, the sun is basically at its lowest latitude. Uh, and that occurs in the early hours of the morning on the 22nd this year. Okay. So it is definitively this year, the 22nd. However, the major celebrations <laughs> at Newgrange always take place on the 21st, regardless. <laughs> I, knew the, I knew there was a, a, a punchline coming here, a sucker punch. I was just, I, I knew by the pause there, there's something else coming down the track. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> but look, at tell us, you, you've been out there this week already. The shaft of yeah. light going into, uh, in, right into the depth of the tomb in Newgrange. Has it happened this week? It's been very dull, hasn't it? Um, yeah, well, I mean, yesterday morning there was some sunshine, but only at uh, 29 minutes past nine, about 15 minutes too late for the people who are gathered in the chamber, and it was very cloudy this morning. So, right. so far, no sun in the chamber. Um, tomorrow's a big day, 
uh, forecast isn't great for the next few days. So, you know, it'll be what it'll be. And if you've been to Newgrange over the years, as much as I have, you'll know that some years you get lots of sun, some years you get little or none, and some years you get half and half. Mm. So that's just the Irish that's the way it works while you're with me I had to ask you about this because we uh, spotted a press release that was embargoed actually until a short while ago uh, about a documentary airing on TG Cahar this very night yeah. at half past nine Rune Nabonia uh, yeah. are you familiar with this? Yes, it's very exciting. Actually, the producer of that program is a man called Neil Boyle. And I've known Neil since around 2009. Um, And it's very exciting because basically what he did was he hired a load of scientists to come in and to use equipment to look into, as it were, the cairn of Newgrange to see if there is a second chamber because it's long been reputed that there might be. In fact, O'Kelly, Professor O'Kelly, when he was excavating Newgrange, did a little bit of digging at the back of the mound opposite the entrance of the chamber that we know exists uh, and didn't find anything. Um, Now, we're not allowed to say anything, but it is certainly exciting. And maybe, just maybe, tonight's programme is going to answer this question for us, or at least open up the possibility for us that there might be a second chamber. What a lot of people don't realise about Newgrange is O'Kelly didn't excavate the whole thing in the 60s and 70s. He only excavated a portion of the monument and left a substantial part of it unexcavated precisely because archaeology is a developing and evolving science with all the time new uh, equipment and new techniques coming on on stream. And he knew that in the future uh, there'd be better uh, better science, better equipment available, uh, and so uh, he he may have known about the, the the or heard about the idea of a second chamber, mm. um, and certainly did investigate it. But uh, I'm excited about tonight. It's at h- half past nine on TG Yeah. and immediately afterwards, Jerry, I'm hosting a live stream on Mythical Ireland um, to discuss the contents of the program because I think it could be potentially very exciting. Excellent. God, folks, you've got to join Anthony this evening in that. They're very interesting, and uh, there's an even greater edge on this one tonight because of this programme. TG Cahar, half past nine, and then on to Anthony on Mythical Ireland. Do I take it from listening to you and, and getting a feeling, as you're not in studio with me today, is this your most exciting time of the year, the solstice? Uh, I would, yeah, generally I do. I, I love it. I, it's it, For me, Jerry, it's the excitement of the fact that we have reached the halting of the sun and that it starts to turn back from here because there's this dreadful feeling from about September onwards that the evenings are getting shorter and shorter really rapidly. And then you come to Halloween and suddenly the clocks go back and the day is really short. It's dark in the morning when a lot of people are going to work. It's dark in the evening when people are coming back home from work. And you just kind of get to the stage where you feel, is it ever going to stop, you know? Is the sun going... But the fact that Newgrange announces the sun has turned back, that's the major thing. It stops, it rises in exactly the same place for several days in a row and then gradually starts to turn back. And when it turns back, it's basically saying, it's all right, ladies and gentlemen, you know, the longer days are coming. Now, they might be a while away, yes. but they're coming, you know. So from that point of view, it certainly is It's an exciting time of the year. You echo our organic 
gardening expert Nikki Kyle who she was talking to me recently our last feature before Christmas and she sounded as excited as yourself because she says once the 21st of December turns it's the beginning of the new gardening year the light is on the way back Yes. I didn't know that, yes. but then I'm not much of a gardener yeah. myself, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like I'd be planting my own fruit and vegetables or, or flowers. Well, Anthony, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what she says. You see, Anthony, the way it is with you, you're so talented. She can be talented out of 99 things, the 100. Well, it doesn't really matter when you are 99. Listen, happy solstice. Have to leave it there. God bless you. We'll I'm see you in the new Christmas, year. happy Jerry, to you and all your listeners. Yeah, thanks, Anthony. Take care of yourself. The wonderful Anthony Murphy there. That's it on Late Lunch for this Wednesday. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive all dressed up as Santa Claus. Yes, he is. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. Back tomorrow, 1.30. See you then. Leave you in the company of Mr. John Lennon. So this is Christmas And what have you done Another year over Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.